Okay, welcome. Uh, you are so dear to me. Thanks for coming on the Zoom call. Uh, I, I want you to know that in, um, in the midst of, of, of days and weeks like this, for you to take time and get on, and get on another call uh, and be separated from people that you wish you could be with, uh, to, to connect in this way, to be encouraged in God's word, it's, it's a sweet gift to me. Um, and, and, I, and I pray and hope that this time is a, is a sweet gift to you as well. We are in week two of RUF winter term 2021, and we are continuing in our week two of our series on the parables of Jesus, the, the stories that Jesus tells. And, and we're looking at, at the parables, at these stories, because Jesus made us to be people of story. We identify by the stories that we tell and the stories that shape our lives. But, but our stories are in disarray. Our stories are in chaos. And now more than ever, maybe we feel that in all kinds of ways. I know you feel that as the start of the semester. And these are the stories that help make sense of our story. And we're looking at specifically stories of the kingdom. We, we talked last week about introducing this idea of the kingdom as the rule and the reign of Jesus the King, who rules with love and truth and mercy and justice. And Jesus tells us these stories to invite us into that great story. Uh, we're going to do a little, a little back up into Mark 4. We, we looked at the parable of the growing seed in Mark 4. And we're going to go back to the very beginning of Mark 4 tonight, which is sort of the first parable that Jesus tells in Mark. And it's, if you look in Matthew and Luke, it's the first parable he tells there too. And, and in this section, Jesus also talks a little bit about what's going on in the parables. And I want to I just address that really quick before we get started. Because after Jesus tells, tells this parable, tells this story, which we're going to look at in just a moment, the parable of the sower and the seeds, which you may be familiar with. We read this in verses 10 to 12. Now, you don't have to put it up. You can just listen along. <clears throat> when he, that's Jesus, was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that, and here he's quoting from Isaiah. They may indeed see but not perceive and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. This is a really difficult thing that Jesus says. It kind of sounds like he's saying, I'm speaking in parables so that no one will understand because if they did, they'd be saved. But I want to I tell you that Jesus is not declaring something. Jesus is describing something. Jesus is saying that the nature of the kingdom is such that for many people, they won't get it. For many people, they'll hear these words that I say, but it just won't click. Because like we said last week, we have this tendency, and all of us struggle with this, to come to God, to come to his kingdom, to come to Jesus on, on our terms. With our beliefs, with our values, with our principles, with our habits. And say, we'll, we'll come to you, Jesus, but only if I can come the way I want to come. And Jesus says, if you come to the kingdom like that, if you come knocking on the door, you'll never find the door. So it's a hard warning of Jesus. He, he gives us this invitation. At the same time, he gives us this warning where he says, don't forget, this is my kingdom. And I want you to come, but I want you to come into my story the way that I'm telling it. So with that in mind, let's turn our attention to the rest of this passage from, from Mark 4, verses 1 to 12. It's going to be up on your screen. Part of this I'll read twice that I just read to you. But here's Mark 4, verses 1 to 12. <clears throat> And again, he, again, that's Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat at it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, 
Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. This is God's word. It's absolutely true. He gives it to us because he loves us. Let's pray, and then we will jump in. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I'm thankful for this, this story tonight. And Lord, we all come with stories. Stories of our own of, of this past weekend in the snow, or stories that go back to our past that haunts us. Stories that we hope will play out in the future, but your story is the one good one and the one true one. And I do pray that your Holy Spirit would work through it right now, through your word in us, that we might know you and love you more and love one another. Amen. Some of you may have heard this story before, but my friend Matt Howell uh, told me this story. But he had a friend, uh, as a former RUF student at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville, where I'm from. We'll call her Mary. And Mary lived in New York City. And uh, Mary was, was young. She's about 25. She's living on her own in New York. She has a little apartment in Manhattan. She's working as a photographer, and she has a dog. And, and one day, un- unfortunately, Mary's dog died. And, and so she's trying to figure out, like, in the midst of her sadness, what to do uh, with this dog. It's the middle of the city, right? And so she calls her vet, and the vet says, if you can, if you can bring the, you know, the dog, I'm so sorry for your loss, if you can bring the dog, we'll, we'll take care of everything. So Mary's like, okay, how do I get my dog? This is like a kind of a lab-sized dog, 50, 50 60-pound dog. How do I get my dog, like, through the city? And uh, she, she looks around, and she's got, like I said, she's a photographer. She has this big uh, duffel bag that says Canon on the side. And it's got all, the, you know, all her camera equipment. And so she, she takes all of the cameras and the equipment out, all the dividers out that keep the lenses safe. And, and she places uh, her dead dog in this duffel bag, and she zips it up and puts it on her shoulder. And she walks uh, you know, down the stairs and a few blocks down the street and uh, eventually to the subway station and down the steps. And as she's waiting on the platform for, for her train to, get, to take her to where her vet is. And, and as she's standing there on the platform of the subway station, uh, a, a man comes up next to her. And all of a sudden he turns and he punches her in the face and grabs the duffel bag and leaves and runs off with what you know, he suspects is you know, potentially thousands of dollars worth of fancy and expensive cameras and equipment. Okay? Now, now Mary, uh, she's okay. Uh, no, no injury. She's obviously pretty shaken up by the situation, but, but she, you know, she's not injured. She, she makes it home uh, really kind of with a big problem of her day solved in a sense and uh, out a camera bag. And I don't know what happened to this man, but I like to imagine what happened when he finally got back to his apartment. And he rubs his hands together thinking, you know, he's feeling that this is a heavy bag. I mean, he's probably hit the jackpot. And he unzips that duffel bag and he peeks inside. Whoops. (laughs) It's probably not what he expected, right? There, There are so many moments in our life where the things that we are hoping for, the things that we expect to see, 
we don't see. And that is exactly why Jesus tells us about the kingdom in parables. Because when you think about this idea of the kingdom of God, if you are a first century Jewish person and you hear the kingdom of God, you're thinking, I care about the kingdom of God. I love hearing about the kingdom of God. I know about the kingdom of God. I've been waiting for the kingdom of God with God's people. I know what to expect. And then Jesus starts talking about vegetation. Jesus starts talking about seeds. Jesus starts talking about types of soil and thorns and fruit. And you're thinking, that's not what I was expecting. The, the Jewish people in the first century, they, they were expecting that the kingdom of God would be manifest in this political and military reality which would overthrow the Roman oppressors and establish a new sovereign nation of Israel, the people of God, that would be centered and gathered around the temple worship of God the Father. That's what they were expecting. And, and Jesus is talking about a story where the main character is a farmer. And, and as you come to this, and I, I know not everyone who's on a Zoom call like this is a Christian, but if you're a Christian and you're thinking about this idea of we're going to talk about the kingdom of God, I, I wonder what you're expecting. I wonder what you're hoping for. I wonder what you're looking for. For, for some of us, we're, we're actually hoping for some kind of maybe similar version or vision we have of, of societal or political manifestations of God's kingdom. For others of us, we're thinking about some kind of dramatic and immediate you know, change and impact on our life or on our culture or on our community. And I think that Jesus has surprises for us when it comes to what his kingdom is like. And so tonight we're going to look at some surprises about what the kingdom is, what the kingdom is really like. And, and this is going to sort of set the stage for the rest of the parables that we're going to look at that describe God's kingdom. So what, what I want to look at tonight is, is sort of two unexpected surprises. The first is, is on about the advancement of the kingdom. And the second is the location of the kingdom. Okay, the advancement and the location of the kingdom. So first the, first the advancement. And, and I want to talk here about uh, who's advancing the kingdom and how they're advancing it. Okay. So in this parable, the sower, the one sowing the seeds, is, is driving the story. They're, they're the impetus for all the action. No seed grows unless the sower sows it, right? And this is really important because you live in a world at, at WNL that kind of preaches this, this vision of, of omnicompetence. Like if you're a WNL student, you're supposed to be pretty much amazing at everything, you're supposed to get all A's. You're supposed to be a good athlete. You're supposed to be able to handle yourself in any social situation, whether it's like a frat party, rest in peace frat parties, or, or you know, a reception with a, with a politician or an elite group of entrepreneurs. You're supposed to have a perfect body and date the right kind of person and have a job line. I mean, you're supposed to be good at all this stuff, right? And what it teaches us, what it trains in us is this idea that we are the drivers of our story. And like we talked about last week, one of the things that Jesus is going to insist on reminding us is that the main character of the story of the kingdom, which means the main character of your story is, is not you, it's God. And, and so the first surprise is that you're not the sower of the seeds. You don't, you don't do any sowing of seeds when it comes to the kingdom. It's, it's God. It's God the Father who is advancing his kingdom. That's who's doing it. And part of following and living life in the kingdom and, and walking with Jesus is a submission to that reality. It's a surrender of our agenda to him. It's one of the hardest things about being a Christian, in my opinion. It's something that if you're like me, you struggle with uh, all, all the time. 
Okay? But God is the one who's advancing the kingdom. The second thing I want to say is, is how. How is God advancing this, this kingdom, this rule and reign of Jesus, this, this rule marked by love and truth and justice and mercy? How is he doing it? Well, according to this, this story, how he's doing it is that he's scattering it everywhere. He's scattering it everywhere. And when you look at the story, he, he's scattering the seed not just in one spot, but some's on the path and some's on the rocks and some's in the thorns and some's in the good soil. And it's not, a, it's not an exhaustive list, right? Like we could come, oh, he didn't mention sand, right? But, but the point is to give you a picture of this idea that on the, there's not one inch of the ground that seeds don't land on. That on every conceivable place, this, this seed is landing. And, and what, I, what I didn't read is that the second part of this text, verses 13 to 20, which I would encourage you to read uh, later on, is where Jesus explains this parable. It's one of the only parables that Jesus just later on, he tells his disciples what he was talking about, which is really helpful because these are really challenging. And what we find out is that the seed being sowed is, uh, he says it's the word. And I think there's a couple of meanings there. You know, one level of meaning is word is like the word of truth, like, like God's word, like the Bible, or like the message of the gospel. But we also have to, to put this in context of the larger story of the scriptures. And in that larger story, what is the thing that God sends to the world to save it? What is the thing that comes down from heaven? It's, it's not a what, it's a who, right? It's Jesus, the one who John said is the, the word made flesh. So the nature of the kingdom coming is that God is scattering Jesus over the whole earth. It's actually going everywhere. It's going everywhere. And the thing that I want to remind you of tonight is that Jesus came for you. He came for you if you have doubts. He came for you if you have fears. He came for you if you disobey him all the time. He, he came for you if you're ignoring him right now. He came for you if you're overwhelmed and anxious and lonely. There is no one, there is no part of this world that Jesus has not come for to redeem in his love. God's kingdom is coming to you tonight. That's what he does. It is advancing. And like we said last week, it, this advance is inevitable. It is unstoppable. So that's the advancement of the kingdom. It's, it's advanced by God, and he does it by, by sending Jesus to the whole earth the, the second thing tonight I want to look at is the, is the location of the kingdom. And this is where our definition of kingdom, it becomes really important to remember that the definition is actually the rule and reign of Jesus as the king. And we've already seen that he came, I've, I've said in this parable shows kind of for the, the whole world, but there's another angle to this location, to this place where, where Jesus is, is scattered. And it comes out of the second part of, of the story where, where Jesus talks about the different types of soil. And, and later on, again, in verses 13 and 20, he, he explains the soil, but first he talks about uh, the seed that's scattered on the path. And he said, it's, it's like uh, scattered there, but, but Satan comes and snatches it away. And then he talks about seed that, that lands on rocky soil. And, and at first it, it grows really quickly, but when trials come, when things get hard, it doesn't have any rootedness, and so it, so it withers. And then he talks about see, uh, seeds that are, that are somewhere there's thorns, and, and they grow, but, 
He says that the desires of the world choke it out. And then he talks about good soil, soil that accepts the seed and, and bears fruit. The, the second surprise of the kingdom of God is that the location that it comes to is, is the human heart. Because all these things are describing aspects of our, of our heart. It's, it's our heart that Satan attacks with doubts and with fears and with deceptions about who we really are and who God really is and what the world is really like. It's, it's, it's our hearts where we find out if we like, have the faith to endure when times are really hard. It's, it's our hearts that are filled with temptation towards the things of this world, towards you know, obsessions over or money or sex or reputation or popularity, whatever it might, it, it's, it happens in our hearts. Places where the love of God is, is choked out. And so what I want to do as we, as, we finish, as we finish tonight is sort of ask the question, like, what, what, do, we, what do we do with this? We, we've, got this, we've got this kingdom that is advancing, and you've got this, this dual picture where in one sense it's being scattered everywhere, and in this other sense you're being told there's places where this seed is being scattered and it does not take root, and it does not bear fruit. It doesn't bear fruit everywhere. It only bears fruit on good soil. So what do we do with that? We're, we're, we're talking about our hearts, and, and I just want to say this, that it, I, I think it's a mistake to think about a story like this uh, pure, purely individualistically, okay? Because almost every time that the Bible describes Jesus calling us or loving us or sending us or being with us, it, it's plural pronouns that are used, which means that Jesus' story is never just you and him. It's always you and him within the context of the community of God's people. The, the word for that is the church. And what we're doing in RUF, we're, we're a manifestation of that on this campus. That that is the context of when this, that this story happens. It's with God and with us, but in the context of this believing community. So, so to interpret this kind of parable and to apply it, we need to not think about ourselves just as individual seedlings on our own little plot of soil. We have to start thinking about ourselves as a garden. We have to start thinking about ourselves as a community location where seeds are growing together in the garden of the community of faith. And in the garden of the community of faith, people pray for one another and encourage each other to resist the lies and accusations of the enemy. And in the garden of the community of faith, people study God's word. They help people to grow. They, they bring people in who aren't connected to community and they befriend them and they welcome them in. They give them deep roots. And it's in the community, the, the garden of the community of God's people that we extend encouragement and accountability over all the different things that we are tempted towards that, that distract us away from God's love for us and his call for us to give our lives for him. It happens in a garden. And so I want to end tonight with, with two questions for you. And, and the first question is, where do you need help from the rest of the garden around you? Where are you struggling with doubts and fears and accusations tonight? Where are you struggling with, with temptations and shame and sin? Where are you struggling with being distracted away from God? Where are you struggling to, to, to be less rooted than you could be in the promises of God and in the presence of Christ who promises to be with you? Where do you need the help of the rest of the garden? And then the, the second question is, in what ways 
might you be able to be the garden for others? In what ways might you this week be able to encourage someone else who is struggling with doubt, to befriend someone who is feeling disconnected, to pray for and with someone who is feeling tempted and distracted away from the life source, which is Jesus himself? We're not individual seedlings in little plots of soil. We need to be a garden. And, and when we are, when we start to act like this, this, this garden of community of faith, we start to experience the rule and reign of Jesus as our king more and more. We start to see the manifestations of this love and truth and mercy and justice more and more. And, and this stuff that I'm talking about, this is actually the root of everything good you want to see. This is the root of community. This is the root of justice and mercy. This is the root of truth. It, it all comes when we can help each other to cultivate good soil in our own hearts as a community. This is, this is no surprise for you if, if you're not a Christian, but uh, Christians just talk funny. Uh, and, and Jesus kind of talks funny. It's part of the surprise of these things. But if, if you're on this call, uh, I want to give you permission this week, and I want to encourage you to give yourself permission to talk a little weird and talk about farming and talk about vegetation and talk about your heart. I want to encourage you that, to give yourself permission to be able to say to a friend this week, my heart is just rocky soil and I need help. I'm just not connected. Or to say, the thorns are too much for me. And I'm thinking about anything but Jesus right now. And we can do that because God's kingdom is coming. It's advancing. It is coming to you, to each of you tonight. And we get to experience it together. Let me close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you and praise you that your kingdom is here. It's among us. It's happening that you are advancing it, that you have given yourself to the world. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you would give us uh, hearts more and more that are good soil, that are going to bear fruit, the fruits of the kingdom of love and truth and mercy and justice in the world. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to, to think not only of ourselves, but to, to picture, especially now, when we feel so disconnected from, from so many others, during COVID, that you would help us to have a, a, an imagination as, as gardeners, that we they were in a garden together and we need to help one another. Lord, please, please bless that work uh, because your kingdom is real this week. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.